Hey there, Dungeons and Flagons fans. It's Sean, your Dungeon Master here. As a brief disclaimer slash explanation, uh, the episode explaining the immediate aftermath of Jimmy's disguise being blown and the fishmen being instructed to attack our heroes was recorded at the very start of the COVID pandemic. So we were all quarantined in different locations and trying to record over video chat. Since this was really our first time trying to do that, the audio quality is not the best. In fact, it's pretty bad. Therefore, this is officially our first lost episode of Dungeons and Flagons. Oh, what could have been? Instead of just jumping an episode and everything being super confusing for people, we've created a brief summary scene of what happened to bridge the gap. If everyone's really clamoring for a laggy, audio distortion-filled recording, uh, we might put that up in the future, but because there are some funny bits in it. But we thought this would be less painful for people to listen to. So, as we set the scene, Captain McCready sits in her office planning the next course of action for the Greyhawks and our heroes when an urgent message arrives. Uh, Captain? Yes, Adrian? I've got a priority signal coming in for you. Priority? From where? Castle Greyhawk? Ah, about the mission report. Yeah, sounds like it. Who's on the other end? Piper? Uh, Inquisitor Shen? Shen? Damn it, what's he doing there? Put it through to the mirror in my office, please. Roger. Each year losing... Captain McCready, Inquisitor Shen. How may the light of Pelor shine ever on the faithful and scour the wicked from the world. Indeed. Back from the front so soon? Yes, the truce proposed by the Triumvirate has been accepted, although not without further concessions on their part. It appears that you've been quick to find trouble on the frontier. Oh, we try to keep busy. To what do I owe the pleasure of your call? I have been reviewing the mission report you submitted for the recent activity committed by your contractors at the Green Flame Lighthouse and its surrounding environs. I have encountered what can only be described as superfluous details and a lack of focus on empirical observations, not to mention the numerous bouts of baseless conjecture. The report is most unorthodox. Well, these contractors, as you put it, are far from orthodox. Agreed. Due to the unclear nature of the report in question, I find it necessary to clarify a number of points before they are entered into the archives. Certainly. What can I help you understand? The gnome. Ah, this petty criminal, Jimmy the Goat Opeshi, reports that he disguised himself as a girl ranger and attempted to infiltrate this temple to the cob by selling cookies? Yes. And with the true sight spell invoked by this Bacobian sorcerer, Pierre, it was revealed that the townsfolk had been abducted and replaced by Kuatoa, who were under some form of illusion. That is what they reported. 
and instead of attempting to extricate themselves from this situation, your Knights of Bart immediately entered combat with an entire cadre of Kuatoa. They were immediately identified by Shurnakur. Ah, yes, the reincarnated Abilene. They report it appeared as a specter above them in the desecrated temple and was in command of the Kuatoa, similar to the Sahagin under the control of Shur-Nadur in the Storm War 75 years ago. Hmm. To fall from command of an empire of aquatic monstrosities to a tribe of gibbering fishmen, if your reincarnation theory proves true, that is. It did speak directly to them and name them servants to usurper gods. That matches reports of the Abilus' ancient and shared racial memory. It also demonstrated direct control of the weather around the Green Flame Lighthouse and New Bokobsbury, summoning storms to lock down the area. Yes, I did review that portion of your supplementary notes. Now, the report states the Abeleth commanded the Kuatoa to slay the Knights of Bart, now barricaded in the temple? Yes, and to abduct Roxanne Wavecrusher for some nefarious purpose. Well, at least the wizard had enough sense to destroy its anchoring icon with a shatter spell. Miss Chog has a tendency to address challenges with overwhelming force. I thought you'd like that about her. A sword in an inexperienced hand is as dangerous to the wielder as the foe. She demonstrates a lack of focus. A lot of them demonstrate a lack of focus. The Abbot commanded its minions to abscond with the asset. Who? Roxanne Wavecrusher. Ah, yes. And the four of them allowed this to happen. They were fighting through a village worth of Kuatoa. Hmm. And what of the, the druid, this Asla Ingoyama? Ingoyama. You report she spent the entirety of this battle in the form of a rat? Not the entirety. She incapacitated a Kuatoa by turning back into an elf while stuck to its shield. How ingenious of her. And she references a a Stephen? Is that the cleric? No, that that's uh, her pet seagull. Really? Regardless, the cleric demonstrates a lack of conviction. Locrian? He confessed to falling into an illusion created by the Abeleth and was nearly executed by a Kuatoa on the spot. His weakness put his entire party at risk. He was ensorcelled by an abomination older than the Empire itself. How many were betrayed by that thing's illusions in the Storm War? You should keep an eye on him, if the Light of Pelor has abandoned him so. It was fortunate the Pacobian detonated when he did. You mean Pierre. It serves as a reminder to us all of the dangers of unchecked magic. I see his immolation dispel the Abilet's illusion and disperse the remaining Kuotoa. Indeed, the four of them were quite remorseful about that. Sentiment. Unnecessary, especially for a Pacobian. Now, your contractors report they pursued the asp Roxanne and her bodyguard who had been captured by the Kuatoa and managed to cross the bay to the Green Flame Lighthouse using a ship uncovered in the village ruins. The ship in the bottle they found, enchanted to regain its size once the bottle was smashed. And they managed to gain access to the lighthouse? Indeed. They go into great detail about how there were two gargoyle statues Two gargoyle statues? Yes, only two gargoyle statues. Is that important? Do they attribute some significance to there being only two gargoyle statues as part of the device to access the lighthouse? 
I suppose that's just them being unorthodox. <clears throat> you know, you're running a risk employing these mercenaries. They're destructive and prone to solving problems by creating two more. And I've seen the plans you've submitted to Castle Greyhawk for approval. Do you really want to use these buffoons as part of that? If that information should fall into the wrong hands due to their loose lips, they may be less covert than our normal agents, but they are effective. And I think they may yet surprise you, Shen. Well, at least there are only three of them left now. Thank you for the clarification, Captain. I will enter these addendums to the official archive report. May the light of Pelor ever shine on your path. You're quite welcome, Inquisitor. End transmission. Asshole.